hopping over to my phone real quick so I can get my camera going. Yeah, hell, let's do it, man. Oh, Take man. your time. Oh, I know. How you been? Living the dream. Yeah? Today was an early morning. I was up early. How early? Like, I don't know, 5.45-ish, 6. Why you gotta be up that early if you're working for the West Coast? <laughs> yeah, right? Alright. Get this. Oh, that's good. You're looking at my uh, computer. Looks good. Beautiful. There he is. What's shaking? Not much. A lot of stuff. I had a few meetings this morning. Uh, we had a, uh, guilty is funny. It was a, just called it a wake and bake workout session, right? So I'm like, oh, all right, we're gonna like run a place, do jumping jacks, something like that. Yeah. We get on, we're like, we're there, this like 10 people, and she's like, all right, everyone's gotta do a handstand for three minutes, go find a wall. What? <laughs> yeah. So I, I kicked my feet up on the wall, I almost put my feet through the entire wall. It's like, I can't do a handstand. This is with your like work team? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that so is absurd. <laughs> it was really that's funny. Some, that's some West Coast uh, hippie crap right there. <laughs> it was... Like, I, I almost put my feet through the ball. We have, like, a few uh, engineers on our team. They're from India. And they, <laughs> the one guy was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can, I can seriously only imagine. That's pretty funny. It was, yeah, it was good. How have you been? Good man, living the dream down here. It's, it's a grind. It's, uh, Dude, what's the weather like there right now? It's honestly cloudy right now. It's been cloudy the past couple of days, but every single day it's 80 and sunny usually. So uh, it, it's not bad. Yeah, you can't complain. Right, there's been a bunch of spring breakers down here though recently. So it's like, eh, we're, uh, we're gonna yeah. avoid going out and, just kind of be hunkered down. My brother and I were actually doing the um, that 75 hard program. Yeah. Yeah. So like I finished that up last Wednesday and went out, got it out of my system, and like immediately was reminded like fuck this, like I hate feeling hungover and like shit. So <laughs> just gonna just gonna kind of get back on that regimen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like that. That's how it always is. You got your your good one night out, and then you're like, "Do I really want to do this again?" Right. Like, what's, you're like, "Oh, okay, I'll give it a week." <laughs> what's my motivation here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we're rolling right now. I'm, I'm gonna go in, chop up, edit this stuff, just kind of like, you know, make it as official and as casual as possible, right? Like, just kind of shooting the shit, having a conversation here. Um, yep. Thank you for doing this. It's always fun to be the first, right? And then we'll see what this evolves into. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what it turns into. I feel like uh, it's all. I feel like the podcast with world alone is only getting bigger. Like you'd be surprised you're just gonna listen in. Right, and you know this is meant to be something for the wolves, right? Like this is what we're starting out with it being meant for. So this is just yeah. kind of, this is letting everybody learn a little bit more about one another, about who these magical, just mysterious internet people are. 
that we've been yeah. we've been fucking communicating with for the past two years. And we all just have goofy Discord names. And that's all we know each other by. We've got fucking NFTs as profile pictures and like just imaginary names. So this is gonna put you know whoever's interested, right, a face to the name. And then if people want to stay anonymous, we can run with that too. Like we're seeing companies get invested in now, where you don't even know the real names of the founders. Like I, I saw yeah. a tweet that Pomp said that they finally invested in a company where they have no idea who the founders are. And like, that's absolutely ridiculous to even think about. And if you thought about it five years ago, it'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's like, uh, like the board eight, like base NFT. They yeah. didn't release, like the, their founders didn't come out for like, God, I don't know, months after they already sold out. Like, it was only, like, two months ago. Like, they just announced who they are. And they're, like, multi-millionaires. Exactly. And, you know, maybe that was part of the reason because it might be an unregistered security that they're releasing, but with another conversation we can have about that. Um, But, yeah, dude, so just to give everybody a little bit of context when we share this thing, right, like, let's go – Let's go back to the beginning, right? Like, we both kind of come from similar backgrounds, right? We're fucking goalies, and, you know, we somehow end up in a very similar industry. So, you know, just kind of give a little uh, life synapses to, like, where where you've been, right? What you're doing now, where you're going. We'll just kind of take it from there, see where it flows. I can, uh, yeah. I think the first time I actually bought, like, First transaction I ever made crypto related, I bought an ETH for $250 in, I don't know what year that was, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, it might have been 16. Yeah, Ethereum dropped six late 16, I believe, and then all the ICOs were early 2017. Yeah, maybe it was, I don't know, all right, yeah. one of those years. Early. And I was like... <laughs> Of course, you're in college at the time, so it's like I had it in there, and I was like, "Man, this 220, like, I could really use this right now." So I, I took it right back out, and I was like, "That's my beer money for next week." Fuck. And that's that's pretty much like when I got into, I guess, crypto. Then I joined the Wolves, probably a year later, and ever since then, I've just been dabbling in little stuff. And then I started mining crypto, and so Vinny and I, we've been mining for like over a year. And we were doing that and it I got into NFTs because uh, like Vinny and I were both from Cleveland and he went to John Carroll with me. And once he found out I knew how to mine, he's like, yo, let's go all in. So I was like, all right, I'm down. Right. And then he would come over to my house all the time, like every other week, we would just hang out, bullshit. And he kept texting me and he was like, yo, I gotta come over and show you these NFTs. He's like, I have an idea. And at the time, like, I didn't know much about NFTs. I thought they were an absolute joke. Yeah, and it's they, a they still They still are today to a certain extent. And I was, I, dude, I kept pushing it off. Like, this went on for, like, three weeks straight. I was just pushing them off. And I was like, I, I, like, I can't. I can't do it. Like, I'm busy. And then he just kept blowing me up. I was like, all right, fine. Come over. So he came over and he's like, yo, I don't think, like, we should buy NFTs. He's like, I think we should make them. And at the time, we had no like no idea at all what went into it right we just knew like 
the founders of the project blew up. Like, they obviously made a lot of money, but there has to be some type of utility behind it. Yeah, there's got to be something else other than just the expectation of that this is going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that, that's pretty much how it started. Got into our first project. First project was all right. We had an artist on our team that was absolute nutcase. Yeah, what was I don't know what, you, I don't know what... What was the name of the first one again? The Goat Troops. That's right. It was the fucking Goat Troops. <laughs> yeah, and I don't... Dude, I don't know what it is. Every artist I've met in the NFT space, they're nuts. Like, full-on nuts. And most of them have some crazy backstory as to how they got in the NFTs. Like, most of them, like... Either they got injured or they got COVID and then they were home and they found out what NFTs were, uploaded their artwork, and they sold like five pieces for like free Ethereum out of nowhere. Right. Nuts, nuts how though. Like break break that down. <laughs> Give me an example. The one, uh, we have a metaverse artist right now for our current project and he lives out in the desert of California in a he refers to his house as a shack in the middle of the desert like we 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 built this guy a gaming pc so that he could like get way better graphics working in the metaverse because currently he was working on like a macbook from like 2012. right so we're like all right we're like all right dude we're gonna get you a better computer you'll be able to process you'll be able to pump out content way faster love that so we sent we him the laptop and it's like <laughs> it said it was delivered on like a tuesday and he's like yeah, I just didn't get it. He's like, it's the FedEx around here. It takes him like two hours to come drive it out here in the middle of the desert. <laughs> like, dude, where do you live? In a shack. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, I don't know. So we got that guy on our team, and he's like, he's an IT wizard, but he's just odd because he lives in a shack in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you have to be off a notch if, uh, one, you're in crypto, two, if you're living in a shack in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and then going back to our first artist, uh, we had that guy on our team, and then he just went AFK, like just disappeared off the grid for like two weeks. And then he hits us off, he's like, hey, sorry, I was in jail for doing graffiti on the walls in the city. We're <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? What? And then he's been, he's been off the grid for the past three months. Haven't heard a word from the guy. Like, I don't know. So he probably got a longer sentence. Yeah, I don't know if he's alive, if he's in jail or what. Like, he's just gone. And this is the guy that did Go Troops? Yeah, yeah, like, he, he's <laughs> very, he's very talented, but this guy is just, like, off the grid. I think he's, I don't know. Damn. Dude, that's, that's wild. And then what, you've got another one that uh, did BitBot then? Yeah, so we had, we had two for that. So for BitBot's, um, this is how we actually got into that project is, so we didn't actually create the artwork. We were, I'm in like a developer discord for NFTs. Okay. And this one kid was like, hey, he was like, hey, I got COVID. I live in New York City. Like I've been building this project, but I'm not working right now because I have COVID and I can't afford to pay my rent. So I'm looking to sell this project I already built. Like the artwork's already done. It's like I'll sell it for like 500 bucks so I can pay my rent. Whoa. So we were like, it was me, Vinny, and then our friend Jay and Chris that we met on Twitter in a Twitter space and we've been friends with them ever since. So we were All like, that. why don't we, we are like, why don't we just split it? We'll pay for it and then we'll hire an artist to just take out certain traits and like add 
new features. Because at first, this guy called them the killer crypto robots, and like each robot had like an AK in his hands. <laughs> a little aggressive. Yeah, so we were like, all right, we got to make this a little bit more friendly. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to get rid of those and just throw in a few new traits, and then we'll pump out a project. And it was like, dude, we launched that project, I think, November. No plan whatsoever. We were just giving the artwork. We're like, all right, let's just see what we can do with it. Right. And then, like, the first month and a half, super slow. Second month, like, we hired this kid on our team. His name's Slack the Don. I don't I couldn't tell you his first, <laughs> like, actual first name. He's called Slack the Don. He's a New York City musician. Okay. His friends with Slim, Slim Jimmy, like, Sway Lee. Like, he just flew out to Miami last week to hang out with Slim Jimmy. Really? Yeah, so that's how like the BitBots got big. Right. What's the uh, what's the utility for this one? So right now, uh, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it, but right. our Metaverse guy, he's already built an entire concert venue, like an entire nightclub. No like, shit. Like this is already done. Yeah, and then he's also built studios. So if you had a uh, like a VR headset, you can pop on a VR headset right. and go into a studio booth and make music without actually owning any of the like fundamentals or anything like in person. Like you're there, everything's in front of you that, that you would need in real life. Okay, that's extremely interesting. So I, didn't, I didn't know that. Anyone, it lets anyone become a musician with that like no skill at all. Like you have top tier like. Like instruments in front of you, and right. you can build whatever you want. Okay, so I was I was confused at first when you were hitting me up a while ago, and it was like you were you were naming off all of these musician uh, partnerships that you had made, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, but like, I I still don't understand like what's what's the value add here, right? Like what's what's uh, the next step? So that's at making a whole lot more sense now. And what about GoTroops? What was the the value prop there if there was one? So that was to basically that, donate back. Right. That was to donate back to veterans, people that served. Right, I remember Which that. Which is like, that was like, if we would have launched, so that project launched two weeks prior, like four days dropped. Yeah. Oh. Like that's how early, that's how early our first project was. And that was, we had the crazy artist and the guy was like, yeah, right. I'll be done next week. I'll be done the week after. So we could never get a timeline. If we would have launched that project probably two weeks prior to like prior to board apes dropping like it probably would have done very well because there weren't that many projects out there right or closer to yeah i mean you could have spun one up right for like ukraine and something like that right yeah yeah (laughs) but you know you probably learned a shitload from that uh one maybe find a little bit more of a stable artist (laughs) even though yeah it was uh (laughs) it was a good learning experience like for our BitBots, we had, so we have Lee Major on our team, right. Jay-Z's producer. We added, uh, he goes by the Twitter name of Broadway All Day, and you can look him up. He's the uh, 3D slash uh, music producer for Kevin Hart. It's like anything Kevin Hart does on YouTube, he edits all of his content. No he way. uploads like 3D stuff. Um, then we had Sunny Digital help us out for a while pretty cool like he was rocking a bit bot on his twitter for the longest time damn how all, like, all how did all these guys music. discover the project right like how did, how did they <laughs> come across so, their table 
we were in Twitter spaces and like our title was like music NFTs. And right. so when we had Slim Jimmy come in there, we had Lee Major come in, we had Sonny Digital come in, we had Chantel Lane, which is like, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't even tell you, dude. They were just famous people popping in left and right. That is so wild. Were you like starstruck at all? Or were you just like, oh, okay, well this is, we just took a uh, wild turn for the better, right? It's like a major yeah, inflection it, point. It, it hit me when like, Sony Digital came in because I listened to hip hop music and I was like, holy shit, like that's the actual Sony Digital. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing he ever says, I'm like, hey, Sony Digital, what's up? And he goes, what up? <laughs> this is all he said. And then he just muted himself for the next like hour and a half. What the fuck? That is wild. Damn. Yeah, but they're pretty, they're, they all want to get into nfts because if say they buy a bit from us like yeah they go to the studio without leaving your house right but you can necessarily do this with any nft too you can take that nft and say you put a beat over it like as long as you own the nft you originally minted from us like it's your it's yours you own all the rights to it so if you put a beat over to it over it you could technically make your own collection so say you make 20 copies of this beat you put over your own bit, bit bot and then say you sell it to you sell it to artists and you say hey put whatever lyrics you want over it and then what do you have you have an album of 20 different songs right so you're allowing them to build on top of it is that is that yeah are you able to do that with any nft or is that unique to what you guys have you you can but you got to read the licensing like a right. lot of them uh, like it depends what they say on their website for the most part if they give you full rights to everything you're fine to do whatever you want over top of it okay so uh, i'm i'm kind of seeing the vision here right somebody's got one of these bit bots they come into your metaverse we dial up your recording studio and then they're able to lay one of their tracks or an entire album on top of their specific uh bit yeah. and then yeah. release that have full rights to it and full ownership of their music yeah wild yeah so to start to start everybody out uh we had jay-z's producer make a custom beat it's already on open sea like we airdropped it to the first hundred people we had that owned our project no way it's pretty crazy and then that's so wild <laughs> we have uh we got lee major uh slim jimmy and like Slack the Don and like all these other random people we took in music submissions and they're dropping a mixtape. No shit. Like it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be on SoundCloud, probably not Spotify because they don't do mixtapes, but it's gonna be on SoundCloud, probably YouTube. That is insane. Yeah. It's pretty wild. When did they all come together and decide that? So we had uh Chris on our team was like kind of like the mediator between talking to Slim Jimmy and Lee Major and he's like boys with Lee Major like I have Lee's phone number Lee called me like a month ago he's like say hey yo Wes he's like my my girlfriend wants to start mining crypto how do I get started like he knows absolutely nothing about it right but he's like, <laughs> my, my, girlfriend wants, he's like my girlfriend wants to mine crypto and I was like I said Jay-Z's producer called me to ask his girlfriend wants to mine crypto and doesn't know how to get started <laughs> Like, it's crazy. It's just like you have one wild conversation after another. Right. And it's all revolving around crypto, which is wild. 
Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's what's so insane about all this, right? Like, we probably wouldn't have one, like, the Discord. We wouldn't have, like, all of these communities start spinning up if, you know, this tech was not brought up, right? Like, well, when did, yeah, you, when did you learn how to code? Like, I don't even know that. Did you learn that in college? No, I went to college for finance. I just taught myself how to code. When did you start that? Six months ago. No fucking way. I, I literally work for Webacy now. I coded their entire smart contract. I coded like their website, like how you go there, it's connected to the blockchain, like you mint straight from the website. And then I'm, I helped them develop their actual website where you can go, you connect your wallet and you can set three beneficiaries to pass down your crypto or your NFT to, NFTs to. And then you can also link your socials. So say like, you pass away like at least your family members have access to your socials to be able to shut them down in the first place without just trying to guess your password or reaching out to twitter and trying to close it down right Ex- explain uh explain webacy like i'm a five-year-old so <laughs> you know, obviously if you own you own your nfts you own crypto if right. you pass away tomorrow how the hell is someone gonna get into your ledger? Like, do they know where your secret phrase is? Do they have any clue what your password is? Probably not. Right. And that's what, so the two founders, they're both from LA. Uh, they both worked for Google. Um, the one went to Stanford, the one like graduated four grades early. Like he's, uh, he, started, he started a company called Kip and it was like one of the first companies that helped uh, apps create in-app purchases. Yeah, okay. Oh, he, <laughs> I was a, he was a millionaire by the time he was 20 and he skipped four grades, graduated from Stanford early. Could be worse. So he's he's just an absolute genius and they created Webacy so that um, they both had, um, the one was a cousin and it was, so the founders are Micah and Brian. And right. Brian met Micah in Japan when they were both there like a year and a half ago. And they just met each other and then they were both talking and they both found out that in the past year and a half, they both had a loved one pass away that owned crypto. That was just an absolute pain to recover. Some of it was recoverable, some of it was not. Damn, that's wild. Um, And then they were like, hey, we should start this business where you pass down your crypto. And then it came into, let's add NFTs because that's a whole new thing. So they were in Japan. Are they both American? Um, Micah is actually... She's from Japan. Brian is... I forget where Brian's from. Okay, but they met there. Were they both, like, living in the U.S. at the time? Yeah, they were both living in the U.S., but I'm pretty sure Micah has a dual citizenship. Right, but that's still just a wild... Yeah, crazy. Right. That doesn't even... And they, and they both happen to be from San Francisco. <laughs> Which is just absurd. Do you know what they were doing in Japan? Like, was it for some common event or... No, like, Micah has family that still lives there, so she'll go and visit them. And I don't even know why Brian was there. Who knows? Right. Brian, Brian like, the guy was in Houston last week. He has an apartment in L.A. and it hurt in San Francisco, and then he has another apartment in New York City. It was like the two most expensive cities to have an apartment. Yeah, they can't be. And he just flies around, like he flies around nonstop. 
Unbelievable. All right, so you're, you're working for WebC now, and how, how did they discover you? So I, they had a, all right, I was on the phone with Vinny, and I was like, Vinny, dude, if you typed in Web3 on LinkedIn, like, there's all these positions, like, minimum salaries, like, 80K, and it's like, it's nuts. And I was like, half the shit we already know how to do. He's like, you should apply for fun. Those are the exact words. <laughs> so I applied, and they legit called me the next day. And they were like, hey, we want you to fly out to San Francisco in a week. Like, we'll pay for your flight, we'll pay for your hotel. We want you to come meet us. And I was like, I mean, it's a free trip, so I might as well. If I don't like the position, I'll just say no. So I, I, I literally flew out there like the next Thursday. I was out there for three days. Um, and they basically took me to this office space. And I knew absolutely nothing like where I was going to meet him. No idea. I'm right. out there and they're like, hey, we're going to meet at this office space. It's my friends. He's letting me rent out like the back room. I walked in that place. It was like fucking google like they're just like desks set up everywhere people are sitting down working it was wild it was like it was more like a studio uh apartment and it was just full of people working it was crazy <laughs> so i walk into this back room and i meet with them and they were showing me their product and then they're like yeah we pretty much want to have you on board like they walked through everything that i was able to do um it was crazy i mean I stood in there for one of their investor calls. That was pretty wild too. Like people love the idea, especially guys that are already in the NFT space that say they own a board ape or they own a mutant ape because that's like $30,000 if they die tomorrow, that was going to get it. Right, exactly. It's something that like has just kind of developed inside of the industry that, you know, it's not the sexiest company in the world, but it's something that's yeah. needed. Right? Like yeah. we need to have this this avenue of passing down the coins, right? Like it's not like a brokerage account where you can just show up, show some ID and be like, Okay, here, like, this is my account. The whole reason is like it's giving full custody and ownership into the user. So yes, we Yeah, need- we've tried to uh we've tried to integrate like ways we could make it a little bit less just like Hey, you died. What are you gonna do with your crypto? So we were like, they added. You set up a will, obviously. You set up a prenup, and then they added an emergency backup wallet. And this is important because I think it was two months ago. Like everyone was like, "Oh, OpenSea had an exploit. Like people are losing shit out of their wallet left and right." Right. And so what people were doing is they were transferring their NFTs one by one to a fresh wallet because they were wor- worried that their old wallet was compromised. So that was taking like. 24 hours plus to do it one by one, especially if they own 6,000 NFTs. So and a lot the, of gas. Yeah, so with the engineers we have from India, we made it so in the click of a button, all your NFTs transfer to a new wallet instantly. What is, is the wallet hooked up to MetaMask or is it just its own product in and of itself? Yeah, so right now we support Coinbase Wallet and MetaMask. You can go to our website and connect with that. Right. And then, like, if you want to set up your new wallet, you can select your Coinbase wallet or do you want a MetaMask wallet? And then you can legit just click transfer. All your NFTs go to your new wallet. Immediately. Yeah. Do you have like, to type in any type of, like, seed phrase on this? No, it, it'll show you your seed phrase. and tells you to write it down first. Okay. Gotcha. So it just instantly sends it there. Um, 
that's that's extremely useful. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty crazy. So we added that, and then we added something where we call the shoebox. So say uh, we have it set up so that every day Webacy might text you and it'll say, hey, would you like to add something to your shoebox? And you can say yes, you can take a picture of yourself, like a selfie or whatever you're doing that day. And it uploads it in the Webacy cloud so that what you have is like a digital shoebox. It's your digital legacy that you leave behind. So you could set the frequency on it for however like much you want it to text you, but you can also set it so that if you died or whenever you die, do you want your shoebox to be released the day after, a year later, 10 years later, 20 years later? Like you can set whenever you want this to release to your beneficiaries and it'll email it to them on the specific day you schedule. And it has, it could have like your whole entire digital, digital legacy. Like if you took a picture every day when it texted your phone, you would have every picture uploaded in there. How does it know when you're dead though? Well, obviously when you're, like if you pass away, you obviously set beneficiaries. Uh, so like, you, they get to confirm the death. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Technically confirm the death because we have it set up so that um, we basically have what we call it a heart status, right. and that's like your account. So if you don't sign into your account for however many months, we'll shoot you an automated email like, hey, right. are you still kicking it or what? Yeah, yeah, you still around? Like you, you want us to confirm yeah. that these things are still yours? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really interesting too because with the whole death thing, uh, you have an opportunity to one, tokenize death certificates, right? You would be yeah. able to hash that into the blockchain and then you get that confirmation where, you know, like every, you guys basically just developed the back end for that. And that's yeah. what that's something at like the state level, I think, that you would uh, you would hit that. But then that gives you access to um, identifying all of the voters, the, the dead voters, you know, that are still casting their ballots. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> right? So it's like you got all those people out in California that have been dead for months and all of a sudden they're voting. Well, you know, yeah. just so happens to uh, – cross-reference the blockchain and you see that, oh, this person's dead. They can't be voting in this election right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We won't harp on that too much because I don't want the first episode to get <laughs> taken down on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That'd be a bad start. Uh, what was I going to Oh, so the whole, like, the whole point of WebC is they earn, like, there's obviously a fee that WebC collects through like you signing up. So there's a membership, it's like first memberships, like we made the fee like legit half in the ETH to set up your membership. And that's just a one-time fee that you pay in the beginning and then after that it's like $50 a year. But if you own a Grimmy NFT, you get free access for the year and your first fee waived. So they're launching an NFT as well. Yes, yeah, so the NFT is the access token into the product. No way. Did you call it a Grimmy? Yeah, they like... call it Grimmy, so it's Grim Reapers. <laughs> it's mini it's mini Grim Reapers. They're pretty cool. I like that. That's that's uh that's definitely creative. <laughs> yeah, so uh right, I'm uh they got me as a my position is technically titled Chief Chief of Growth. At first, they, they're like, hey, we're a startup. Let's just call your position Chief of Stuff. And I was <laughs> like, what? 
Brian and Brian's like, you guys millions of dollars. He's like, yeah, it's good cheapest stuff. It sounds way cooler. Unreal. <laughs> that is uh, so, that is full I startup think, mentality. Yeah, my entire position, like I literally had a meeting with them last week, and he was on the phone with me. He goes, I want you to do nothing else today, but sit on Twitter for the next eight hours and go into spaces and just try and talk about Grammys. That's all I want you to do today. Yeah, can do. It was like, I was like, all right, might as well, here I am. Dude, that good for you, that's fucking cool. When you texted that to me, I was like, really? That's, that's all you gotta do? You guys need a yeah, hand? Yeah, it's like every <laughs> every day, it's, every day I wake up, I got like an engineering meeting, so we catch up and then it's like, all right, what are you up to today? And I was like, like it's just, strategizing how to get this project off the floor and right it's not even like they just want it structured correctly because they already have so many connections they're like if we wanted to sell this out tomorrow we'd sell it out tomorrow right he's like i don't want to. he's like i don't want that i want it to be actually set up correctly so that it's gonna it's gonna last forever exactly you want to hit all of the points that like they initially set out to to hit and then you know once it's in that point where you're like all right yeah we can uh let's let's pass this along yeah right let somebody actually scale this thing out but yeah i know i love the vision on that seriously because like i'm i'm sitting in on these weekly calls of i don't know if i've told you about this 10xts company i don't think so yeah so like they are in the business of tokenizing everything right so they'll tokenize real estate uh they'll tokenize just about any security and then their next step which is already built out is a, a decentralized exchange, right? Where you're trading all these securities. So yeah, it's still a coin, it's still a token that's tied to another asset, but like it's not it's not fully crypto, right? Because they've adopted the laws and regulations around securities. So these guys are, I mean, he could sell it off at any point, right? And have more money to live off than anybody would ever need. But that's not the goal. The, the goal is to get it in the right position that you set out to and then sell it off. So like I can definitely yeah. uh, definitely see what the founders are thinking there. <laughs> it's uh, like, I like how, uh, I just feel like, I have noticed this a lot, is a lot of the big crypto traders, not fans of NFTs whatsoever. Yeah. Dude, it goes with like the whole community thing, right? It's like, all right, so what got you into it? Now, what are you like, what do you fuck with moving forward? So it's like some people yeah, were right. all ICOs. Some people were just like, okay, I'm, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. And that's what they started out with. And then like, I came in and I go, okay, like I'm getting involved at the top of the market. And I just went through all this volatility on the crash on the way down. So my whole yeah. thought process around that is like, okay, if I can capture the bulk of these moves, then that's, in my opinion, learning how to fish and you can eat for a lifetime. So it's just like, it, it just makes sense, right? Like we've got the wolves now, you've got BitBot Society, like people want to be a part of these uh, these communities and organizations. So it's like, as long as your, your values are strong, right? Like we're... <laughs> It, like we're at the beginning of this shit. Like, we grew up they, with they video games. Like, 
right? And we grew up with like these online communities. So you grow up playing Call of Duty with your friends and you meet new people online. It's like, okay, now I fuck with you because you play this game. So like now- Dude, it's really cool. Like with with the BitBot Society, like there are people leading spaces in the spaces titled BitBot Society. I don't even know who they are. Like they're just (laughs) random people that are supporting the project, starting their own spaces and talking about our project. From somewhere in the, like probably in the desert, in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Probably. Or it's someone's crazy. living in their mom's basement, right? And they're a college dropout, but it doesn't matter because like they stumbled into this opportunity that they're capitalizing yeah. on. Yeah, dude, the one thing I love is there's this, there's this one kid. He, he comes into our space every once in a while. He, uh, he minted two or three board apes Ooh. when they were point, oh, when they were 0.08. So he's, he already sold it. He already sold his, he made like... So what, like probably 300 bucks is what that was? Yeah, and he made like 1.2 million. And the kid is, oh. I think right now he's... I think he just turned, I was talking to him like a month ago. He just turned 17. He's in high school and he's, he's all pissed off. He's like, my mom's sending me to school and I'm a millionaire. Like, I'm looking around like all these kids have no clue how I just made this money. Holy good for him. But like his parents are forcing him to still go to high school, and he makes all these funny tweets every day. He's like, I, he's like, kids ask me what the what the hell board apes are. Right. He's like, I just tell them it's a monkey JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to get the message across to this kid that sees get degrees. Like, just go fucking have a good time, be a kid for a little while, and then like, yeah. like put that park that cash somewhere where fuck it grows twenty percent. They put it all in the UST into the anchor platform, stake that shit, and by the time you're graduating college with a fucking 2.5 GPA, you're gonna have upwards of like probably eh, like two to three million. And okay, now what? Uh, yeah. You get to do, do whatever. A, I was gonna ask you, do you have a Coinbase card? No, not yet. I didn't apply for it when it originally came out. Um, I've seen some other cool ones, like BlockFi, I believe, has Bitcoin back that they get, like, which I would love to have that, uh, you know, especially when we're about to go through a little downturn in the market. Yeah, I get a, I get XLM back. I got my Coinbase card. I think it's like 4% off of every purchase. Damn. Can you get Chainlink back? Or like, what, how many uh, coins can you pick? see because i've seen i think you can pick any coin you want that's on coinbase with that oh i hear wait i can get xlm i get the graph amp rally one percent bitcoin one percent ethereum one percent doge but the four percents are rally amp graph and xlm okay yeah i would definitely go with xlm then but it's off of every single purchase, no matter what you do. So I've just been using that absolute shit out of it lately. Right. I mean, 4% is fucking huge. That's like, it's Amex numbers on travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like my, my credit card gets like 5% back, but it's on like select shit. Like right. you gotta pick three categories a month where I use this card wherever I want to and I get 4% back. Yeah, and it's crypto too. So it's like, it's gonna yeah. appreciate. That 4% just turned into 40% in three years. Yeah, exactly. 
That's cool. Oh, fuck, man. Um, let's switch gears. I want to talk about Northeast Ohio. Because, I mean, we grew up literally right down 306, right? Or don't you live off of 306? If, uh, yeah, I mean, I go down 306 every day. But I, think I live right off of... 91 like legit off of 91 like a minute down the road really yeah you know where Geauga Lake used to be yes right across the street from there no fucking way I pass by that spot like, every single legit time legit like across the street really okay yeah. so now I can actually picture it yeah and, uh, if you if you want to go back for a memory right now Geauga Lake like the bulldozers are there right now just ripping up everything down are they spinning something up there yeah dude they're gonna put up like a mini shopping mall no way that's like yeah kind of out there a mall yeah like i don't know if it's gonna be like you're just gonna have like a few different stores there if they're going for like full-on mall they gotta throw some fucking roller coasters in there we we, we can't just yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's gotta be something because like it's just weird. I remember going to that the speedway right there when I was little. You look and just see everyone on the roller coaster. They'd be screaming, and now it's just like you look over there and it's just dead. Kid, go back there and skateboard in the pools. Right. Yeah. No, we can't. We can't just switch it like that. Um, dude, let's talk. Let's talk fucking hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk hockey, because um, who did you play for growing up? Where did you? Hit the Barons. Yeah, let's see. So I played, uh, dude, I swear we actually played for the same Geauga team because I was at the pond like two months ago and our both our names are on a championship banner like we were on a championship team. That had to have been early. Was it Mites? Yeah, it, I think so. We had Louis Sugarman on our team. No fucking yeah, we way. Had Mikey, Mikey Nero too. Oh my god, I wish I could have, like... I wish there were some recordings of that, because that was, uh... I mean, I'll, take, I'll take a picture of it next time I ever go by there. That had to have been insane. Uh, I can't even imagine what our parents went through with that. Yeah, team was probably a powerhouse. <laughs> well, obviously, we were on a banner. <laughs> we got the dub. Yeah, we were probably nuts. Alright, so where... Where'd you go after Giaga? Uh, let's see. I played with, uh, so Tommy Nook and Louis Sugarman, I played with them. Right. And then Tommy's dad started a team with the Junior Jack. So he started a team there. I played there for two years. Then I went to the Barons. I played there for two years. And you're 97, right? 98. You're 98. Fuck. Yeah. When's your birthday? February. Oh, happy late. Yeah, it was like a month ago. It was the 20th. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so yeah. So you're on the 97 Barons now. For what? 98. 98 Barons. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, 98 <laughs> Barons. I played there, uh, I think a year or two. Uh, okay. And like, yeah, I think. And then what? Team that- it's, it's high school then, right? Yeah, it's high school after that, but my 98 Barons team, I think there were, there's five of us out of that entire team right now that's not playing Division One. Dude, yeah, that's right, because it started with 
every two years of the Barons were just lights out. Like the 96 Barons, I played a summer. They had the Team Taz team, remember? Yeah, that was... So that was Bo Rosbach was on that team and he yeah. played with me at John Carroll. Dude, we knew Mr. Rosbach and he got me on the team one summer and I traveled with them up to uh, up to Canada. I think we were in, I want to say Toronto. And we did a tournament in Toronto and I'm just obviously riding pine, but one of the other goalies just couldn't make it for the weekend. So they throw me in for like the third period of one game where they were just beating the shit out of these guys. And I mean, I'm like, it's like a boy amongst men. Like these, these guys are like, we're the best in Canada, right? Like that 96 team just ran through a bunch Dude, of- they were, they were insane. It, like all of those people played division one, if not are in Dude, the NHL right the now. The goalie I was backing up, his name's, uh, fuck, it's Alex. What's his last name? It's like Alex uh, something Nedeljkovic. Like, yeah, Nedeljkovic, dude. He yeah. was he was playing in the playoffs last season. Yeah, so uh, my goalie partner on the 98 Barons is Adam Shield. He's on the Stars right now, Dallas Stars. <laughs> what he the played, fuck? So I, the year the year after I played with him, he went, he went and got scouted by the U.S. Olympic team, and he's, he played for the national team up in Michigan. The year after. I played for the Barons. Like he went to U.S. national team. After that, he went to USHL. He played for the Youngstown Phantoms or somewhere like that. And now he's playing for the Dallas Stars. All right, who? Be honest with me. Who got? Who got more? University of North Dakota. Who got more playing time? I don't know. I should look it up honestly. <laughs> because that could be you, baby. You know, it's always been in like the back of my mind where if you hit like. X amount you of capital. Right. But I'm talking like dude, I feel like if you give yourself six months with a lights out goalie coach, like now, I think you could get conditioned to the point where like, hey, you might have a fighting shot to to stand in there, right? Like you give yourself six months of every single day of training. Hey, do you want to hear the stats? He plays for the Dallas Stars right now. Like he signed for them at Chelsea on this link. Yeah, I played. I played 19 games. I had a, my goal against average was 2.7. Okay, and I had an 85 percent save percentage. He played 12 games at a 2.9 goal against average and an 83 percent save percentage. Yeah, so that so should, that like, should be a, you. I like, yeah, I should be. I should be on the Dallas starting right now. I mean, you could be. Give him a call. You should yeah, I don't know if they take me, but I could try. Send them that link. Send it to like their front office and be like, hey, uh, yeah, you know, you know that guy you just gave all that money to? <laughs> yeah, and then so that 98 Bears team, like they all played D1. Two kids went to the NHL. So that goalie, and then I have Tim Gettinger. He was our captain. He plays for the New York Rangers right now. I mean, these aren't small teams either. Like, uh, the fact that they're in the NHL is just... Yeah, it's crazy. And dude, it shows their salary and everything. <laughs> I mean, you get to play with them on the Xbox, <laughs> which yeah. is so like, fun. Dude, dude, they make so much money. So here's their salary. It breaks it out versus if they're in the AHL versus NHL, like on this website. So if they play in the NHL for the full season, they'll make 750k a year. But if they play in the minors, it's 75k a year. That's a that's the jump. jump. Yeah. 
it's that's still, that's still just not bad. Like, <laughs> you bet, you yeah, better have you your get, shit you get, together. I, yeah, if you get called up for a game, I wonder how much that is like per day. Still a decent amount. Oh yeah. Good for them though. I mean, it, I feel like that was like obviously their whole lives, right? I mean, it was a a massive part of ours. I know growing up, right? It's when you're going to those late night practices as a fucking like fourth grader and then showing up to school the next day like with zero that, sleep. It, it became the worst when you're at college and you're playing club hockey. Yeah, how was playing at school? Um, I mean like the first year is pretty fun, second year is pretty fun. You hit your third year and you're like, why am I even doing this to myself anymore? Like this isn't fun, it's more like I'm going to work. It, 10 o'clock at night every day of the week. That kind of sucks. Did you guys ever drink in the yeah. locker room? Um, <laughs> we did after we, we won two championships, I think my sophomore and junior year. So we won like our playoffs, our yeah. entire division. And that was like, we drank then, but like we were drinking at the Mercyhurst Ice Arena in the middle of Erie because we just won playoffs. Like middle of nowhere. Like, it's, that's not nope. somewhere you no strip celebrate here in Erie. <laughs> yeah. Actually, fun fact, that strip club in Erie serves chili. I'm not going to tell you how I know that, but I was not there. I have a friend that was a player before. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> like, Erie oh. is, like, middle of nowhere, and it just makes it ten times worse that the strip club serves chili. Yeah, it's the little knob of Pennsylvania. Like, what do you yeah. think What do you think the strippers look like? <laughs> it's like... I don't, I don't know. It's one of the I most active, like, trucking areas in, in the country, if not, like, the most. Yeah, the kids I know that went to Mercier's that played hockey there, all they did was they went to that strip club, and they went to the only bar next to school. It was the only bar there. Oh, I'd off myself. That's all, that's all they did. I mean, even Ohio Wesleyan had at least three bars that we were able to go drink at. And that's small. I mean, that's a big town. That town, Delaware is bigger than Chagrin, but the college is sub 2,000 people and, yeah. and dying. Um, <laughs> I won't go into that. I've got, I've got my own opinion on, uh, on my <laughs> school. But yeah, dude, uh, we did have a team, but the year before I went there, uh, they just got way too fucked up in the locker room and started fighting everybody on the ice. Like that was their club team. They just got That's wasted. Fast. Yeah, right. Like I, I would have loved to do that. Oh, I got, I got, I got a story for you there. So uh, we played West Virginia's club team. We played the University of Pitt's club team. We played OU, and we would get absolutely shit stopped against OU in front of like three hundred people. But damn, we had a game. We had a game at Gilmore. We're playing West Virginia. And I was in that, and we, I think we're winning, like, 3-2. It, it's just, an, like, an absolute brawl starts out. Like, 5v5, everyone's going at it. <laughs> and it was in the other end. Like, it was all the way down the ice. And their goalie jumps in, and he starts, like, punching one of our players. Did you get down and there? I just, dude, I just heard my coach yell my name. And I look at him, and all he says is, get the fuck down there. <laughs> and I was like, I was like what? No like, shot. Nuts. Dude, I went all the way down the ice, full speed. Were you throwing haymakers? 
Oh, I left my blocker on and took my glove off, and I was just ripping kids. <laughs> oh my god, that's like, my dude, dream. It was crazy, it was the craziest experience of my life. Like I just look at him, and he's like, "Get the f- down there," and I was just like, "Well, shit, I can't just stay here. Everyone's in it." <laughs> what do I do? Say no? Yeah, first time in my life that it's ever happened. Did they toss you or what? Oh yeah, I was gone. I was just <laughs> completely gone. Like everyone that was in that was gone. Both goalies gone. That's not it much of a game after that. No. That's no, nuts, dude. Nuts. I mean, they were. Pro- it was West Virginia, right? Oh yeah, it was West Virginia. And those kids are like fucked up by moonshine. <laughs> dude, their ice rink is legit a wooden barn that's probably the size of like. It looks like a roller rink. You go into it, it's just a farm in the middle of nowhere. No fucking... Did you know um, Kevin Turk? It sounds familiar. Yeah, he went to Chagrin, and I think he had, yeah he ended up playing club at West Virginia. So maybe... <laughs> he maybe, probably maybe. remembers <laughs> that girl. Yeah, you, you probably beat his ass. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I, I just remember thinking, I was like... I was like, I gotta keep my blocker out, dude. Like, I'm a small guy, and these are like, these dudes from West Virginia, like, they're fucking like, yeah, they're mountain men. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm gonna die if I don't keep this on. They're a force to be reckoned with, dude. That is nuts. Yeah, crazy. All right, so I wanted to do something at, like towards the end of this. I feel like uh, we can wrap it up here. I want to do a lightning round of questions. <laughs> I've got some good ones dialed up. First one. Aliens. Are they real? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? What what's your yeah. uh reasoning behind that? Um I mean, don't you think it's suspect we can't even go in the area fifty one? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that, that's my reasoning right there. Like, you remember when people were protesting in alien outfits outside <laughs> of that place? I should have drove there and joined. Yeah, they were going to make a run on Area 51. Yeah, those those people, they were on, like, they, they were, uh, so, they basically you, had it set up right. I'm surprised more people didn't join. Do you think they have a body back there, a ship, or both? Um... Probably both, but my question is like, what do you, because like, there was this one guy who said he worked at Area 51, and he claims he was brainwashed when he left, like his last day he worked there, he was brainwashed. It's uh, B- Bob Nazar? Yeah, it is that guy, yeah. is that him? Yeah, he's been, he's been on he, Rogan he, twice. He says he, yeah, he says he like remembers bits and pieces here and there. Dude, he had, like he had the FBI come raid his house. They, they, they've they've been intimidating him for years now because he's like actually said shit that is true, and <laughs> he's probably telling the truth. Yeah, so like he's he's been stalked and lived like a hard life. But um, all right, so we're we're gonna go net positive on the alien front. Absolutely, it's real. It's it's not even a question. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you there. I'm like. Dude, this universe don't, is... Don't, don't, ask, don't ask that in a second, Rob. Just ask them, can you confirm right. aliens exist? <laughs> well, what do you think they look like? They have to be similar to us, right? Like if, they're, if you think about evolution, 
and like how we came to be the organisms that we look like today, like I, I would assume that something similar happens biologically you, uh, on another you planet. Ever Lord, you ever seen Lord of the Rings? Uh, no, actually. I, uh, well, the trees come to life in that, and that's what I picture aliens like. They probably got long ass fucking lengthy limbs, and they're just crawling around. <laughs> like those things are just tree branches. I'm laughing because I can picture it based off of like you're saying the trees come to life, but I I don't <laughs> even have an image in my head. I'll I have to watch that. Yeah. All right, that's good. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll go favorite asset for 2022 and favorite asset long term. Could be crypto, could be a stock, could be a metal, could be just an industry as a whole. Um, wait, did you say 2021? No, no, no. For 2022 and then long term as well. Like, give me like your your pick of the decade. Long term, I got you. Is uh, I don't know. They also have some work to do because I was reading an article about um, obviously the proof of stake and one of the ETH developers actually came out and said like what they've been doing it's working, but it's just an absolute cluster of different code program. Like they've just been merging stuff. It's just a pile of dump that well, makes sense it works but there's weight that's random stuff isn't the next innovation of it that's coming out in june called the merge yeah it's called the merge but this guy's like well it sounds like they're merging is. a bunch of different shit together and basically keep labeling ethereum as that yeah well that guy's got me questioning the future of it because he said he said there's no way it's going to succeed in the future if it is not sustainable after the merge that's fair so which is like i mean like how do you how do you take that one away so i could say yeah i think it's going to be 100k a decade from now which i believe it'll probably be 10k in a few years but as of right now, I don't know if there's going to be a specific asset that comes up out of nowhere and just comes to the top. Right. What's what's going to kill ETH? I feel like we've got yeah. enough people come in and say, I'm an ETH killer, that finally they gave up and started actually focusing on something that ETH can't do. You know? Like yeah. You have Soul that's coming out, you have AVAX, you have Luna, and they all are kind of attacking different niches within the, the L1 system. Like Luna, yeah, I, I believe, like... has successfully solved the stablecoin problem. It's it's basically building the Bitcoin standard, right? Like it is buying up all of this Bitcoin now and pegging its dollar to it and has a burn and mint ratio for its own coin on it. So when you're able to do that and you're providing a, a real world use case for it, which is the stablecoin, then you have the opportunity to get that stablecoin in the hands of billions of people. But like I'm saying though, is like it, it's not trying to grow vertically with ETH. It, it is trying to go sideways and take care of something that Ethereum can't do. You know, and that's where yeah. that's where now we have an entire industry growing out of the L once. But Ethereum will always be Ethereum, right? You're not getting rid of the OG. I, I believe that there is just way too many people using it and it's easy to use 
I, I don't know, I'm not a developer, but whenever I hear people talking about what they're using as developers, I hear Ethereum, right? Like it's still the most used blockchain on the planet. Like for NF NFTs, like I see people use like their preferred blockchain. So there are Terra NFTs. Right. And they do very well because it's not that many people making Terra NFT projects. And then you have Solana and there are like the Solana fan base, I would say, in the past three to six months, it is huge now compared to what it was three months ago. Right. And that's just another industry, though, like underneath the blockchains, right? It's, yeah. You've like, got your L1s just, and the community is just growing underneath it. Okay. It's, yeah, which is like fine. It's similar, it's similar to ETH. And that's why they like it. It's just, oh, you don't have these gas fees. Right. So now we're seeing, you know, the next industry that, that comes up, we're kind of getting off topic on the lightning round, but the next industry that pops yeah. up off of that is like the one that is able to bridge everything together. You know, that's that's a, a useful company, uh, as long as there's some type of demand for a coin there, like I'd be a buyer, right? It's, it's hard to trust, I, in my opinion, it's hard to trust the ETH, the ETH developers, like, I mean, they're merged, they could try and bring everything in, but how long have they said, like, ETH 2.0 was gonna happen? Like, it's been, yeah. they've been saying it for a long time. Dude, basically since the last bull run. But, all right, can we, yeah. we'll lock in ETH for long term. What's 2022? Um, I don't know. I feel like we are due to have some something pop up this year, like a new, I don't know if it's just considered a new token or if we have something else pop. I feel like something else is due. Like we yeah. got ETH, we got Bitcoin, we got Solana, we have Terra, we have something else something's gonna pop up it doesn't have to be a coin also it could be something else like a stock or a precious metal it doesn't have to be a coin like if you're if you're bullish on something else right yeah i don't really don't look at anything else like i haven't really been looking at stocks lately because the entire ukraine thing just messed everything up right. i was like isn't isn't that the best part, dude? Like they can't shut down what we're doing. It cannot be touched, and that's why they're shitting themselves. Yeah, that is true. Right? Like the, the whole thing that's going on right now is financial warfare. Like they are they're sanctioning the shit out of Russia, which is in return fucking us at home. But they they can't put a stop to what we're doing. It's not even just the financial realm. It's you're you're building things with teams all around the world. Try like try to stop that, right? You just you have yes. to shut down the internet. <laughs> so, right? I mean, it's it makes sense for us to literally only be focused on this stuff because it is the future. You know, like we talked. I mean, the future is now. But <laughs> I talked to you about the 10XTS company, right? They're tokenizing all the securities. So their decentralized exchange will be able to trade those securities without some massive regulator coming in and saying, hey, stop, right? Or, hey, you got to shut down for the day. Yeah, I, you know what would be cool in our lifetime? If Elon makes his own coin. Yeah, dude, that shit would go berserk. He's going to, I bet he comes out with something like Mars or some shit like that to fund. Yeah, Mars coin or something. Dude, to fund the trip to Mars, right? I would love to own a piece of that. What do you what do you get in return? I don't know why he doesn't. Honestly, you just 
His net worth would just 10x quickly. <laughs> He'd become the world's first trillionaire. Yeah, like, what is this guy thinking? He has the opportunity to become a trillionaire. He can't make a Mars point. He'll be he'll be the first trillionaire. Yeah. That's what's fucked up. And he can do it organically, or he can do it I, by launching a coin like that. Like, I feel like we see it in our lifetime because that guy's nuts. Like, he'll Fuck be like him. one day like, yeah, but he's gonna be, he's gonna tweet out a bunch of Mars point. Everyone's gonna go nuts. Yeah, or like a Mars NFT. You hold this, you get on like, you get on some space trip. He'll probably do some fucking uh, some Virgin Galactic stuff too, where he starts doing trips into space. Him, Bezos, yeah, and like, uh, Branson. That's gonna be my twenty twenty two. It's not like a. Not a specific asset, that's my theory. He's going to launch point, Mars point. We'll lock it in. I like that. Can we, can we call it here first? If it does drop, I'm going to be the first investor. I'm just going to hammer everything. I'm going to go take out a mortgage and just hammer it. Mars. <laughs> Second mortgage on the house and hammer. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next one, book recommendation. Oh, man. Do you, you read? Because I don't. I don't read. So like, I thought this was just a good question to ask because I know a lot of no, people. No, no, do. It's, a, it's a good question because I think uh, I listened to books. Bought, I bought my first book this year. I think since high school, when high school made you like it forced you to buy a book to read over <laughs> the summer or some shit like that. Yeah. That was the last book I bought. Then I bought Gary Vee's book on NFTs. Swear to God, really? And I, I didn't even buy it. I had someone send it to me. I think if I had to buy it, I probably wouldn't have got it. But some random kid on Twitter, I was like, hey, anyone have a Gary Vee book? This kid tweets back to me. He's like, yeah, DM me your address. And I, it felt a little weird sending this guy my address. <laughs> <laughs> but some I, old I dude's going to show later, up at your house? <laughs> yeah, a week later, I had a Gary Vee book at my doorstep. I can't complain. What the fuck? That's cool. So your suggestion yeah, it, is it, the Gary Vee NFT book? Or have you read it yet? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm about halfway through. I'm not like an avid book reader. It's like if I yeah. find time, I'm like, yeah, I want to read it. Like right. it actually has good knowledge in there. Like he actually talks about like how he got into NFTs and like what makes him a good public speaker when it comes about NFTs. Yeah, that's dope. I mean, yeah, he's he I guess does a good job marketing the whole industry. You always see him on like CNBC and shit, and he's he's always talking about it. So I, I guess he does do a good job. He just annoys the fuck out of me. Here's the book. It's called Gary V. Twelve and a Half. Okay. I don't even know if you can like. I don't even think you guys can like anyone that ever listens to the podcast ever can even go buy this book anymore. Yeah. No, dude. I I followed him. I think for a three months and then I'm like alright this is just fucking annoying like he does a good job of marketing how to market which is just by being this consistent pesty like I will continue to hammer you with everything that I know and then you're going to eventually get so sick of me that you're either going to do it yourself or you're going to like buy my program well what he said is he said hey if you buy my book it's going to come with an NFT like bonus added in the future so people were going out and they were buying like 150 to like 500 copies on this book he's the greatest marketer ever i'll give him that next to apple yeah he does he sells it right all right gary v what 12 and a half is what that's called yeah i'm looking at it on ebay right now but 
Any for sale? Yeah, people have them for cheap. Yeah, like six bucks. Cover, that's that's a rare one. <laughs> Can't not minted any more of those. Gary V twelve and a half. I might look at it. Alright, next one. Words of wisdom for the younger generation. So I'm talking like maybe high schoolers heading into college. Could be about anything. Life, uh, what they're learning, like what they're like. What, what did you wish you would have known if you were 18, 20 years old? Um, dude, I don't know. You just gotta go for it. Right? Like, literally, what we thought was crazy in 2016 when we're dumping our life savings in the Ethereum. Yeah, it was nuts because not that many people did it, but we did because we didn't care. Right. Dude, you just have to be we, fucking, you have to be nuts to, to yeah, get Yeah, we saw this. the upside potential versus the kid next to us is pissed because he's not going to be able to drink next weekend because he doesn't have money anymore. Yeah. You have to be willing to look like an idiot in the short term in order to be successful in the long term. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And that's what going for it kind of embodies, right? It's like, okay, I'm, I, this might be frowned upon or not frowned upon, but like looked down upon almost where it's like, okay, you're going to go out on a limb and do that. Like, I, that looks scary. I don't really want to touch that, <laughs> right? Yeah, and then, and then I just I tweeted out the other day, I said the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse always gets the cheese. Because <laughs> oh. I was like, you don't got to be first to it, but... Right. I mean, like, the opportunity's still there. That's true. I've never heard that before. This... Oh, yeah, it's fire. It got a lot of favorites. <laughs> Damn. I think... I, think I might... I got to hit you with a retweet ASAP on that. Please. My old, my old hockey coach said that in, like, 2008. It's just stuck with me ever since. Guy was a nutcase, but I guess it's true. What, what was his reasoning behind the quote? Dude, I don't know. I think it's because we had like a six in the morning game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Some, some fucking dad joke as you guys are just meandering into the ring. He's got like three yeah. cups of coffee in him. So like he feels great, but we didn't hit coffee yet. Man. Let's see if I can find that. Okay, I like that. Uh, yeah, like that there quote. is March 19. And then someone commented, they're like, bro, I swear I say this all the time. And I was like, I've never heard anyone else say it before. Right. Send me send me the tweet. I'll hit you with that retweet. I like you're hitting the, the GM now on Twitter too. That's that is good advice though, dude. I know it took you a second to like spit that out, but it, it makes sense, yeah, right? Like, it's so it simple sense. but so complex at the same time. It's so hard to just fucking go for it and like just get out of your shell like buying the ticket yeah. to come down to this place it was it was hard for me to do my head was set on moving to puerto rico but the act of like actually getting online and going okay well i'm gonna go live here and here's my plane ticket one way it, yeah it, it took a little bit of time and you're like all right is this real or not but at the same time, yeah. like you, you have to literally, you have to do something in order to get to where you want to go. It's it's one thing to just think about it and say, yeah, like it'd be cool to to work as a Web three developer at some organization out there. But you and Vinny just dicking around, we're like, ah, oh, yeah, like, look, 
there, there's so many job openings. Like, okay, you know, it's like, we're just like going to, we're going to apply for fun. Like, that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> now what? I literally, like, I say that quote because I went to school for finance. I didn't even know, like, I took, like, two computer science classes because I thought it was cool. And now my job is to literally code stuff. Yeah. And it all started because they code mainly in, like, Solidity, which is, like, Ethereum smart contract code. Right. So it's like I already knew it taught myself it and now my degree is pretty much like I went to school for no reason I could start this four years ago exactly I mean I I, I hate thinking about that because you know. it's like what if what if I just fucking hopped into this right but I mean for me personally I didn't know about it until I went to school and somebody my, my friend Connor hit me up he's like yo look at this I'm like okay yeah. just fell down the fucking rabbit hole and I'm like wow that's volatile Got addicted to the fucking market. But yeah, go for it, right? Let's fucking do it. All right. Last uh, last question of the, the not-so-lightning lightning round. Uh, yeah. One person you think I should have on, on this podcast. Not one of the wolves. Uh, can be of, like, your, your dope network or anybody out there. Yeah. I mean, it depends who we want. I could get, I can get a lot of people. Um, like, I could probably, I mean, I can get Jay-Z's producer to, like, if I called him right now, he'd pick up. That's how close I am with the See, guy. That would be wild. All right, so, like, what, music industry, uh, crypto-focused, uh, hockey? I might get you, yeah, I might get you, if I get Keith, Keith Gage, he, like, He's the goalie for the Rangers and their affiliate team. Loves NFTs. Guy owns so many NFTs. He loves crypto. Like, he's all in. See, that would be sick to have you on as well with him. And we could have the three fucking goalies just shooting the shit for however much time we want to. Because we're, we're a different breed. It, it doesn't just say, like, you don't just... Yeah, we're, we're, we're all just weird. Right. You're not just spawned and like, oh... We understand each other. Yeah, exactly. We're all, all on the same wavelength. It's like, oh, you're a psychopath that throws his, his self in front of shit. Yeah. yeah. Right? God. All right. Yeah. I would be down for the hockey route. I think that would be, uh, I think that would be interesting because it would be it, different. Like, he, He's so big in the NFTs, the side of his mask has a Lazy Lions NFT. Like, he got it custom painted. That's badass. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, let's fuck with that for sure. All right, good stuff. Let's close it yeah, out. If I, if, if I can't, like, if he's busy or something, because they practice all the damn time. Right. I'll, I'll get uh, Michael Gradner, played for the Coyotes, retired like two years ago. Yeah. And he's just an absolute grinder guy. Played the league for like 20 years. <laughs> but he loves NFTs. Unbelievable. Just this fucking wide community for it, dude. That's wild. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right, well, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Great, great talk. Dude. Crypto, aliens, everything we need to talk about. I feel like we got it all out. Yeah, we covered all the bases. I, I, there's probably endless, endless more we could uh, dive into, right? We didn't even touch Takwa and shit that's going on up there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll save it for next time. Yeah, good stuff. I, I appreciate it, man.